Hi, and welcome back to Seppa Stories. Well, listeners, thank you very much for tuning into this episode. I have a very special and hopefully really fun read for us this um, get-together. We will be looking at a story that is blending the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Harry Potter. Oh my goodness, I love crossover fan fiction. Love it, love it, love it. So um, when I came across the story, it took some digging to find the writer. I had to break into into Twitter, basically, to find the author. Um, and I did get permissions. I was so, so very excited. So if uh, you really like the story that I'm about to read, you'll want to check out more of this writer's stories. Uh, she has all kinds of different blends. There's another one that I'm wanting to read that features the Hulk. This one is going to feature Loki. So let's talk a little bit about the story and then we'll dive right in. It is titled unlocking the souls this story can be found posted on archive of our own and the writer is her call name or her author's name is magda the magpie and i'm saying her but um magda the magpie is who you would be looking for if you were searching for this writer's works on archive of our own so there's a summary as written by the author that says in her search for love hermione changes the world and almost causes a war so just our little normal breakdown this is a general audience rating um, it is the fandom of blend of Harry Potter, uh, J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter, and the Marvel Avengers Cinematic Universe. Our characters are Hermione Granger and Loki. We have some side characters as well thrown in, but our primary pairing is Hermione and Loki. This is an alternate universe with elements of soulmates and soul marks, and really hope you love this as much as I did. I absolutely adore the story so with that I'm so anxious to read for you let's dive into Unlocking the Souls written by Magda the Magpie we will begin this read now Hermione knew two things for certain one souls were a fact not some esoteric concept as she had always thought before the whole Horcrux business second since souls were a fact soul were soulmates. She asked Mrs. Weasley if all wizards and witches knew this growing up and if that was why they got married so young because it was easier for them to find their other half compared to muggles who had no idea at all of what was real. In answer, Mrs. Weasley laughed so much and so hysterically Mr. Weasley came in to investigate the problem. When Hermione repeated her question, he thankfully only smiled sadly. No, no, child. We may be more informed than muggles, but soulmates are rare, and the magic to find them dangerous. So we, like muggles, rely on hope and the chance to find true love. When we're lucky enough, we find our other half, he added as he squeezed Mrs. Weasley's hand. How do you know? she asked curiously. Oh, you know. Mr. Weasley had never sounded so much like Dumbledore than in that instant. And I hope you and every one of my children know that feeling, too, one day. Ron, Hermione hesitated, not knowing how to tell him if it was so obvious when you had found your soulmate, then Ron was not for her. 
Mr. Weasley chuckled. He's not the one, he agreed. We all know that, even him. From that day forth, Hermione applied and was received as a ministry worker far underground with the other unspeakables. Further, even as she worked in the soul chamber, the oldest and most mysterious of all of the departments, she made a few discoveries on soul magic now and then, enough to keep her overseer happy. But she spent the rest of the time searching for her soulmate. She didn't tell anyone. She shouldn't be doing it and felt quite foolish for making it her goal, both professionally and personally. It was something people would expect from Lavender or Pravardi, foolish girls who only, whose only interest was in fashion and boys, not her, which only proved to show how little anyone knew her. Because Hermione longed for a companion and equal, someone to talk to, to come home to, someone who would make her feel special and loved, someone who would pick her out of the pit of loneliness and despair she had dug for herself by being who she was, an overachiever, a workaholic, too serious to take a joke, not fun enough to invite to parties, too enthusiastic, but not about the right things. She could never get it right. She still didn't fit in. Sure, she had Harry and Ron as her best friends in the world, but they were drifting away, little by little, finding their own way, their own half. Hermione, for her part, was still drowning in solitude. Until one day, as she was working in the soul chamber, Hermione found a solution, a metaphorical key to unlock the ability to find their soulmate. It was so simple, like a big red button staring her in the face. With this, everyone could find their other half. Everyone could find happiness. She hesitated when Mr. Weasley's words came back to her, as if he'd spoken them just yesterday, ominous and full of warning. Even if there was an easy way to find your soulmate, would you use it if there was a chance you would find nothing? If you were denied your other half for whatever reason, death, distance, time? The universe is not perfect, and if the two halves undeniably exist, they may not be in a position to coexist. But Hermione was a Gryffindor. She would not cower now that an answer was finally at hand. Would she be destroyed if she were denied her soulmate? Without a doubt. But could she live with this longing and uncertainty? No, absolutely not. So, wand hand trembling just slightly at the enormity of what she was about to do, Hermione stepped in the middle of the chamber and used all her hard-earned skills to unlock it. Because that was it, the whole room was the prison keeping the soulmates apart, and she was the key. With a whisper and a sigh, the soul chamber was no more, and the whole world changed. Hermione was fired on the spot, of course, for destruction of ministry property, of all things. Because of what she'd done, it wasn't illegal, it was just, it just wasn't done. From one day to the next, soul links appeared on everyone's left wrist where the pulse beat stronger. Stranger yet, the muggles had them just like wizarding, the wizarding kind did, which pleased her immensely. But that was all she'd been told, and all she'd learned from her own observations from the confines of her holding cell a few floors up in the magical law enforcement department.
What she had done wasn't illegal, but the wizarding world did not like change either, and Hermione had just shaken it to its very foundations, thrown glitter at it, and then set it back upside down. As a result, she had been arrested despite not having broken any laws, and now everyone who was anyone was trying to decide what to do with her. Hermione didn't care. She just wanted to figure out how this link worked, and she wished she had her wand to cast a few spells at it to figure it out and to see what it was made out of, what it reacted to, and how it could be used. At first glance, it merely looked like a ribbon had been tied around her wrist, short enough that it didn't go beyond her fingers. And, like a ribbon, it looked frayed along the edges, but what was truly fascinating was that the link was not really in their reality or dimension with them. You couldn't touch it or feel it. It was there without being there. Hermione watched her own sway left to right as if it were caught in a pleasant breeze, the color changing from a deep forest green to a brilliant gold, somehow managing to be both colors at the same time. The knowledge that her soulmate carried the same, that he was at the other end of the semi-visible link, made her heart beat faster. Of course, not everyone would be happy about it the way she was. Already, Harry had visited her, one of the few who could because he worked on this level. But he didn't come with good news. His link and Jenny's didn't match, and they weren't breaking up, of course, but their wedding had been postponed until they understood the implications better. He wasn't mad, but he wasn't very happy either, and he wasn't the only one, he explained, pointing out all the many people who had a limp black ribbon hanging from around their wrist, looking as sinister as a noose around a hangman's neck. I know you meant well, Harry said the but unsaid, yet heard all the same. Then her lifelong friend just sighed and left. Later, Mr. Weasley managed to sneak in and right up to her holding cell, looking for all the world as if he belonged there. Maybe he had worked in the ministry for so long people simply assumed he did. He passed a couple of Mrs. Weasley's cupcakes to her through the bars and told her to keep her chin up. As he did, she saw his soul link, a brilliant glittering red, which undulated lazily around his wrist as if he were trying to snuggle with him. They matched, Hermione deduced, or she was sure he would not be cheering her up right now. Of course they do. I didn't doubt it for a second. I knew since the day I first laid eyes on her. Hermione smiled. Bill and Fleur's match, too, he said happily, and Percy and Penelope's. He paused, shuffling on the spot. I'm sorry about Jenny, Hermione offered, guessing the reason for his unease. I always had a doubt about those two, he confided with a shrug. Unfortunately, she couldn't get any more news out of him because Kingsley Shacklebolt, who knew Mr. Weasley better than most, also knew he had no business being there, speaking to a prisoner. Chin up, Mr. Weasley shouted once more over his shoulder as he was dragged away by two wizards. Hermione chuckled, catching Kingsley's attention. Unnervingly, they both glanced at each other solely. His was purple, striped with yellow, the stranger combination she'd seen yet, and the ribbon seemed to be dancing, too. 
Her eyebrows rose in surprise, and the Aurora gave a lopsided smile before resuming his work. Hermione wondered if glancing down at people's rest would become a common occurrence upon meeting with someone new from there on out. She had yet to see how two similar links reacted when coming into contact, but she doubted she would have the chance any time soon. As usual, the wizarding world offered little rights to prisoners, and she could be detained in her small holding cell indefinitely for all she knew. On the second day of, in her opinion, unlawful detainment, Hermione threatened, pleaded, and cajoled various ministry officials and workers passing her cell to at least get her a lawyer. But of course her pleas went unanswered. If this were the Mogul world, she'd already be out of there. Why was it taking so long? It's not like she'd committed a crime. Or had she? Inadvertently? She wasn't all that knowledgeable of wizarding laws, as much as it pained her to admit. She stiffened when she recalled what Harry had told her of his own hearing when he was a student. Could they do that to her? What if they were doing it right this instant? What if they decided to throw her in Azkaban to get rid of the problem, like swiping the dust under the carpet? Psst! Hermione looked up, not seeing anyone. Even paying attention to her, she shook her head and sat back, hoping she wasn't going mad. Psst! This time she had not imagined it. She walked up to the bars and gripped them, feeling a familiar fabric brush against her fingers on the other side. Harry? she whispered. A sliver of the cloak opened, revealing her friend's frantic green eyes. It's not looking good, Harry whispered with so many, so many chudderbly that they almost came down as a hiss. Some of them are trying to accuse you of dark magic. She could guess who those people were. She stepped on a lot of toes during and after the war. Now was time for payback. Take this, Harry added, and her wand appeared through the cloak, sliding slowly towards her. His eyes grew wide, glancing around her. She could have sworn Kingsley had seen them and promptly turned his back. You have to go, Harry told her, at least for now. Let everyone get used to it. How? Even with the wand, I can't escape from here on my own security. The link, it acts like some kind of port key. It'll take you to your other half. He smiled. A real warm, goofy smile which told her he had just done that himself and met his own soulmate. I hope he or she will take good care of you in the meantime. Goodbye, Hermione. With that, the cloak's flap fell back into place, and Harry disappeared. Harry, she asked. Harry. But he was gone, and several people were now looking at her. She stepped all the way back into her cell, but a couple of suspicious aurors approached to investigate. She couldn't lose this one chance, heart beating madly because she had no time to prepare for her escape or for meeting her soulmate. Hermione placed the tip of her wand to her fluttering ribbon, her need and desire fueling her intentions instead of words. Wherever her soulmate was, it was far. She could feel the strain of the trip wearing down her magic and body until she suddenly arrived. There was still a mystery, but the who was not. As soon as she laid eyes on him, she knew. 
his mischievous eyes and the proud tilt of his chin, the way he seemed to read her like a book with just a glance, and the ribbon straining at his wrist towards her the same mesmerizing colors as her own. Her own soul link seemed to want to meet its other half too, and who was she to refuse her soul? He must have had the same idea because he walked up to her, his strides long and sure. He held out his wrists so she mirrored him, and the ribbons grew, reaching for each other, melding into one another and becoming one. Hermione sighed at the feeling of contentment that fell over her, like a warm blanket in winter. His smile was smug, but just as content. Unfortunately, the piece was broken by the door being kicked in. Loki! roared the angry blonde giant that followed. Ha! Ah, her soulmate said, as if this were an everyday annoyance instead of the terrifying attack it appeared to be. That'll be me. Then several oars apparated wands pointed at their group. Hermione Granger, surrender your wand! And that'll be me, she sighed. Loki appeared pleasantly surprised, but when the oars sent stunners at them, the wrath etching his face frightened even her. Next thing she knew, they'd moved without warning and without moving, and the red lights hit the blade of the great blonde giant. The stunners merely slowed him down. He seemed happy enough to attack them in return instead of his soulmate, though. There, problem solved, Loki said, just puffing out. A laugh escaped her. It had been smart and devious, even, to be sure she was already in love. Shall I take us somewhere else? she offered as she mentally went through her options, picking a location which was both secluded and furbished with a large bed. She would make sure her apparition was untraceable this time, too. It would be my pleasure, Loki replied, brushing his lips against her temple, linking his hand with hers, as sure as their ribbons were. They disappeared with barely a noise, completely unaware they'd left behind a diplomatic incident of such epic proportions the wizarding world and the Asgardians almost went to war. All right, my friends, so that was this wonderful story, and we're going to take a quick break, and I will be right back. Hi, and welcome back to Seppa Stories. All right, so this is the part of the episode that if you would like to skip this section to go on to our next story, um, you are welcome to do that, and thank you for listening to Unlocking the Souls on Seppa Stories. If you'd like to stick around for the commentary, we're going to talk about all the wonderful things that were so wonderful and fun about this story, and we'll begin that commentary now. Okay, so Magda the Magpie. Oh my goodness, I love the story. I can't tell you how much I absolutely love um, crossovers and in particular this story. So I love the Loki character from the Marvel films from the Avengers um, series. And I thought that the actor um, who portrays Loki just did an outstanding, outstanding job. And I thought that it works really well to have Loki and Hermione paired because they are both kind of mischievous. Um, I think Loki 
is would have definitely been sorted into Slytherin House had he been at Hogwarts. And I think that um, Hermione is a good match for him, you know, because she's um, the lighter side of Loki, I think. So Loki light, rather. So I um, thought this was really so much fun. You know, I love, number one, that, you know, like the Weasleys even acknowledge that she's not a good fit for Ron. And... But you know that the bond between Mr. and Mrs. Weasley is just very quite strong. So I thought that was really awesome that that's kind of explored that like I knew the moment I saw her, you know, and so it's like being hit with a lightning bolt, right? And so the story was fun. It was romantic. And I love that, you know, she she realizes that Ron isn't her soulmate and she kind of goes on her own way and gets the job at the Ministry of Magic and becomes an unspeakable, which, you know, I could see that for her. I know in canon she, you know, becomes Minister of Magic and we had the whole cursed child, you know, story. So, you know, there's all of that, but I kind of like this take a lot better. Um, I love that she works in the soul chamber. She kind of does what she has to do to kind of keep the job going, but she's really there looking for her soulmate. So she, you know, has intent and purpose to be there, and she figures it out. And she does so with devastating effect. I mean, not just wizarding people have the soul mark, but or, you know, the, the soul ribbon, but the whole world does. And so I thought that was really, you know, awesome. You know, she... she manages this and gets arrested and you know it's very clear that you know she didn't break any laws but they didn't know what to do with her because she just didn't do something like that and she did she dared which very much you know is Hermione you know um, daring smart pushing the envelope um, in the canon of Harry Potter I think one of the best scenes to kind of detail how devious and smart and <laughs> and really uh, taking no prisoners type personality is when she leads Umbridge into the forest and the, <laughs> the centaurs carry off Umbridge, you know, and, and Hermione definitely, you know, had a plan in mind. And I think how that worked out was quite interesting. But, you know, always, you know, Hermione's thinking ahead. And in this case, you know, she did too, but also kind of went... Um, with her instinct and I kind of liked this curious really driven Hermione to have a goal or have an idea of something she wanted to figure out and she did one of the things that I really liked that this character um, or that this writer picks out about the character is Hermione's loneliness and I could see that um, in reading the books and in watching the films and I am a huge fan of both I thought Emma Watson really did a great job um, as Hermione, and we watched her grow up into the role, literally. I mean, she'll always be Hermione to me. I love Emma Watson as the actress for, for the Hermione character. But in the books, um, I had to admit that that the character in the books doesn't exactly resemble Emma Watson in my mind. I kind of see even a wilder personality than what Emma put forward, um, but still marvelous, marvelous work. Um, this Hermione, 
I think is the the Hermione that I see when I read the canon. You know, and this is more of kind of a, a lion of a character, a lion of a woman. You know, with the wild lion-like mane and you know the the driven personality and smart and driven. So. I love this paragraph because Hermione longed for a companion and equal, someone to talk to and come home to. So she wants all these things. And then someone who would pick her up, you know, out of the pit of loneliness and despair she dug for herself by being who she was. She admits that she is an overachiever, a workaholic, too serious to take a joke and not fun enough to invite to parties, too enthusiastic but not about the right thing. She could never get it right. She still didn't fit in. So... You know, we know that when she starts Hogwarts, you know, she doesn't really have a lot of friends. She's really trying hard to prove herself in a society that really kind of didn't want her. And even though she's made friends and they've done these amazing things together, you know, in this story, she still feels like she's alone and like she doesn't have her other half. You know, like I, I think she's strong in herself but I think she's very lonely and so I liked this character did something about that and you know kind of kind of broke all the rules and none of them at the same time trying to to find out you know what her destiny her other half or who that other half could be I loved that it turned out to not be anybody in the world You know, she's such an exceptional character and such a fun and amazing character in in the canon and in fan fiction. I mean, I think so many stories are written about the Hermione character because she's awesome. Um, Some people don't like her. You know, they don't really can't stand the Hermione character. I've seen, you know, fan fictions that they're just not into the Hermione character. And then there's others who are just diehard fans and then you have some that are just kind of in between. I love the Hermione character. I really like that she is a strong, you know, female, you know, smart, ambitious, driven. I like all those things about this character. And I I really like the positivity that she represents. And so when I see stories that feature her, I'm really excited about that. And I really love it when she breaks the rules because sometimes strong women break the rules and I think she is and in this in this story she also is and mischievous you know just as much as Loki is that it's appropriate that that would be her other half and literally gets pulled across the universe to to meet him and it doesn't seem like he's very surprised that she's there um you know like they see each other they see each other very well and you know, it's quite wonderful. So I did also like that the writer mentioned when, you know, Mr. Weasley sneaks in to see Hermione that, you know, Hermione is able to say, you know, that she's able to say they match. You know, she realizes that Mr. Weasley and Mrs. Weasley were, were mates. And then he's able to confirm for her, yes, and Bill and Fleur and Percy and Penelope, you know, and then they she feels kind of bad about Harry, but it's almost as if, you know, um, Mr. Weasley knew his children well enough to know that that person wasn't exactly, even if it was Harry, right for Jenny. So I thought that that was, you know, really a nice detail that a parent is always a parent and a really caring parent who's very involved, you know, with what's going on with their child is going to be able to pick up on 
what might be best, you know, and but still be able to stand back and let their child um, experience life, which is what Mr. Weasley and Mrs. Weasley were doing. You know, they were not interfering in this story with Harry or Ginny being together, but they did have doubts about them. But they weren't going to interfere in any way. So I did like that. I also like how Mr. Weasley's like, chin up, you know, like you're going to be fine kind of thing. And, you know, he just audaciously goes to visit her. And I thought that was really sweet. Takes her cupcakes. So I thought that was really a nice detail. I love that Harry kind of rescues her. You know, he sneaks in. He's got the invisibility cloak. And he sneaks her her wand. And then she ends up traveling had to meet Loki from her prison cell because you know of course they were they were closing in on her and I liked this very fast moment of them just kind of meeting and it being you know just that moment like um I can almost imagine them if if this were a filmed scene they look at each other and their pupils get really huge and blown out you know (laughs) you know that scene wah and um that it's mutual and then I love that you know immediately you know Loki's in trouble and so is Hermione you know because they're both they're both people who kind of push the edge and and very much push the edge and then we have Hermione so the only criticism I have is that there's not more (laughs) that's it I think that's a criticism I my only criticism I, I have across these fan fictions that I share with you as my as as listeners to Seppa Stories is I find these pieces of writing and I'm really looking for a really huge wonderful you know multi-chapter I'm looking for like the 50 or the, the 30 chapter fan fictions to read I think those would be so much fun to do and I keep finding these amazing you know, short ficlets and and one shots. I am actually looking for the bigger pieces, but I'm not really finding them. So um, I'll keep digging to see what I can find. But I could see this really developing into a big story. I really love the Hermione and Loki pairing, and it would be fun to see them kind of go head to head and, you know, have not disagreements, but uh, differences in opinion and because they're both driven. I I think they're exploring their relationship could be a lot of fun. So yeah, the only thing I would love to see more of is more of this. So, oh, Magda the Magpie. I really, really enjoyed this story. I thought it was so much fun. And I've read many of this writer's other stories already. There's a Hermione Hulk of story. I don't want to give away too many details because I'd like to read, reach out to the writer to get permissions to read that one as well. And they're just some really great pieces that this writer is is actually putting out there. So please get onto Archive of Our Own, check out Magda the Magpie, and see what other wonderful stories this writer is posting up on Archive of Our Own. I think you'll be wonderfully surprised and quite happy with, with what you find. I know I am. So with that, we're going to close this commentary. I hope that you have enjoyed Unlocking the Souls. And um, if you like what you're hearing, uh, subscribe, hit me with a follow, um, tell your friends about Seppa Stories, and tune in because, like I said, I've got a delicious stack of stories that I am reading through, and 
I am scouting pretty much um, every night looking for even more pieces to read and more stories. So this season will conclude at our 35th episode. Then we'll be starting season four. And we've had such a great response on people enjoying um, Harry Potter fan fiction that our season four will be continuing this exploration into fanfic uh, written by and and devoted to the Harry Potter genre. I'd like to also read more crossover fan fictions. I'm sure that there are a lot of Twilight fans that are out there and some of the most amazing uh, stories that I've read combine uh, the Twilight characters, of course, and Harry Potter, and they work pretty good together. A good recommend for you guys is the Volturi Witch of Hogwarts. Check that out. That's an amazing series or amazing story, and it's many chapters. I've tried to reach out to the author um, to see if I could get permissions to read that one. I think that would be amazing and a lot of fun. So again, if you like what you're hearing, tune in. We'll see you next time on Sepa Stories. And Magda the Magpie, thank you so much for contributing Unlocking the Souls um, for me to read on Sepa Stories. We greatly appreciate your story. All right, everyone, we will see you next time.